Failed miserably. All right, welcome back, Golden Globe Trotters. Just as good as Lambert's. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, I, I was, <laughs> thank you. That was we sounded uh, like a taxi driver at one time when the guy was like waking him up at the opera. Like, hey there, what's going on here? Show's want- over. Show's over, Mister McLeod. I'm glad we just have all these voices happening right now. Welcome to Golden Globus Theater. Uh, of course, we got Stuart back here because Highlander Two is a mess of a movie, and you got it. You got to get a couple extra hands on deck if you're going to be swooping right. this poop shit. Well, he, we, I think we established in the last episode he is a legitimate Scotsman. Excuse me, Scots person. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to offend anybody. Get the they thems right. So okay. I, I, I have a penis. You're okay. I am a Scotsman. It's fine. I've checked. Yep. Let me check. Yep. Still there. Okay. Yep. Okay. Good. So it's in his blood to know, to know what Highland, but, but I have a question. Yep. Are there lowlanders? Um, I, everyone... think, I think there are, but I don't think there's that many of them, but yes, there okay. are Highlanders basically to give you a nice little geography lesson. Peoples is mm-hmm. Highlanders from the, obviously the Highlands in Scotland, which are the big hills and William Wallace and all that sort of stuff. So they come from the oh, big yeah. hilly person. Lowlanders would be like your Ewan McGregor's who come from the flatlands. So, yes, okay. yes, trash people. Trash so people. That, yeah, yeah the trailer park boys. <laughs> yeah, 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 Scottish trailer park boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Griff, it's... before we get into the movie, I can't wait. I can't wait to sink my teeth into this hour and 50 minutes of pure excitement. Yeah. I got I to gotta read something to our audience. Oh. You know, I've always told you, Griff, that you're never you're nobody until somebody hates you. And we finally got some hate off our social media. Oh, very good. So I want to read this to you. And we're in like the elite status. I can't believe what the, the, the people he lumped us in with. But I'm 99% sure this is a, a Russian bot. Yeah. But it, I just, I felt like, wow, if this isn't. And we're like, we've made it. We've, we've, we've yeah. achieved. A lowlander punching up at us, a uh, couple of highlanders here. Right. I, uh, I didn't write his name down. I should have, so I could have our listeners harass him. But, but by the way, people, people who like uh, getting arguments with bots, here's the one giveaway I've noticed about bots. Their banner is like a an outdoor scene, like a scenic, like a mountain, a beach. Ninety nine percent sure that's a bot. Yeah, it's like the laziness of these Russian bots. They like just get some Microsoft clip art, put it up. It there. works, man. It works. But. He left this very, it's very brief, but very touching. Touching. I'm going to have to turn your volume down because I'm going to have to, to, it's all written in caps. So I have to give it the gravitas it deserves. So you might want to turn it down. I'll remove one screen. headphone. I'm removing one headphone. Okay. Just back off the mic a little all bit. Right. Here, here is from the guy who I didn't care enough to even remember his name. 
It must be tough being a movie mogul Jewish and hating Trump. Peace. Then he, he, he tags at THR, which is the Hollywood Reporter, which is like a Hollywood, a trade magazine, at Solid Jews, which is a Jewish, like, like uh, you know, the Jewish organization, you know, anti-Semitism <laughs> thing. At Michael Eisner, <laughs> at Avi Ered, who was uh, one of the producers in the early days of Marvel, <laughs> at, Br- at Brian Grazier, Oscar okay. award-winning producer, <laughs> and then a little old at G and G Theater. Hey, <laughs> how did we get into that? We, and we got before 20th Century and Disney. You get it, those two, and then and Lionsgate, and then you ended with hashtag Israel, hashtag Net- Netanyahu, and hashtag Real Donald Trump. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's a that's a good mix of people being involved there. You're in some pretty good company, to be fair. I know. I thought we they see. Hey, I if, always said we were. If we, it weren't for the COVID, we'd be rubbing elbows with all those people. But of course, we're socially distancing. We're staying in my laser disc vault or in the upstairs. It's a nice, cool day, so we're upstairs. Yeah, of course. we came up out of the laser disc vault because yep. it's it's getting chillier outside. Yeah. So. We're actually, it looks like we're going to get a fall this year. We actually have like a month of fall weather instead of just yeah. going straight to winter. It's yeah. going to be nice. You can look at it through your window. It's am- it'll be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to watch my uh, winter on Zoom. That's pretty much all I'm doing because my area has now been locked down again. So it's like, yeah, hey, thanks for that. Oh, yeah. See, we're doing the opposite. We're yeah. just <laughs> opening it up more. We're going for the herd mentality, herd which mentality. I've not heard of uh, in terms well, of. That was such a Freudian slip because <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Yes. It's just like. Oh, uh, did you hear about Bill Barr? I'm sorry, Stu, to go into <laughs> this. Did you? Did, but I, this is it. Bill Barr and uh, apparently some Come of on, the, Jewish movie mogul. Stop. I know some of these Portland police departments were asking for what was it uh heat wave guns to yeah. fight against protesters yeah. okay that's what, what we're dealing with what's what's a heat wave gun dare i ask it's not a laser hey, gun. this is like getting into the planet's eyes sort of strange <laughs> it shoots like uh invisible heat wave that makes you feel like your skin is on fire yeah Oh, I nice. was fascinated. Okay. I was listening to NPR this morning. I thought it was a Trumpism. Right. I thought it, he was doing his Dr. Evil shtick, sharks with lasers, heat wave guns that make people right. sweat. Why not the brown sound? That's what you should do. I want one of those guns. <laughs> so basically, yeah. so, so it's it's something that makes you feel like your skin's on fire. It feels really uncomfortable. So probably a similar feeling you guys got when watching Highlander 2, the quickening. Yeah. It not, feels not like not getting the quickening. You're right. Yeah. I, I mean, I relate wow. to that feeling to Ginty. Uh, so I, I think they should just project Ginty onto every building <laughs> and then maybe get him, like, you know, saying a line or two. That would do it. That it would, would enrage me. Yeah. I'd murder somebody. Actually, that would probably, yeah, I'd probably make him uh, riot a little harder. Right. Well, little the, worst, the worst feeling ever is to wake up tomorrow morning and realize you are Steven Seagal. Mm. Oh, that would be pretty bad. Oh yeah, that's uh, I write a lot of fan fiction. It's all just <laughs> Steve, waking up as Steven Seagal, carrot uh, already in. Uh, it's like in, being John Malkovich, being Steven Seagal, being Steven Seagal in his make, head. Make that movie, that, please. That would be fascinating, though. Five minutes in Steven Seagal's head, you're just like, "What the fuck?" You're is just going? feeling boobs all the time. That's what are you doing? <laughs> Feel, feeling boobs and eating food and dyeing your hair, <laughs> painting your skull. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad we get to have you on for a movie that is, I mean, this is an awful movie, but you actually enjoy this movie, right? I, I, I love this movie. This movie got me a job. 
So, you know, this elaborate. How, how does that happen? I'm sorry. <laughs> because cause as I've probably said on countless podcasts, I've always been a movie fan and still am. So I loved the, the original Highlander movie when I saw it when it came out in cinema back in the 80s. And then the second one came out and had, had Ham Tyler from V in it. So why would I not want to watch it? It's like Michael Ironside is a villain. I am definitely in. Oh, yeah. So I went into the local video store and tried to reserve the film for the Monday night. And he went, oh, it's, hmm. somebody, somebody's got it. It's due back tonight. So it didn't show up. So I said, fine, can I order it for Tuesday? Went in Tuesday. Is the film in yet? No, it's not come back yet. It's, it's overdue. <laughs> God's sake. Can I, I'm dying to see Highlander 2. This is terrible. This is like the end of my life. Can I order it for the Wednesday, please? So I went in on a Wednesday. And he went, oh, it's still not back yet. I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to wait. I am going to wait for this film to come back. What time do you close? In about three hours. So I'm good. I'll just wait. So I'm wandering around this video store and I overheard one of the staff members saying that he was finishing his job on Friday and he was going to quit. So I spoke to the supervisor of the video store and went, I want his job and I got it and then became a part-time video store uh, clerk. And then a few years after, ended up owning the entire store. So that's I love Highlander too. It got me a job and the shop and then the money from the shop bought me a house. So, you know. Come, come at me with your disrespect for the quickening. Oh, hell no. That is fascinating. I just love how the Irish Springs rolled down that highland hill into the lowlands. I mean, that was fascinating. Amazing. That is crazy. A waiting yeah. for Highlander 2. Something good came from this. Yeah, movie. exactly. Something good came from it. <laughs> it did. As yep. I was explaining before we recorded, this killed any love I had for Highlander. Really? I, I was. I like like Stewart. I love the first one, and I was excited for this one. And I was like, I, I'm watching it. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Zeist? <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? And I've never watched anything Highlander related yeah, since. I've never seen any either. of the sequels. I never watched the TV, TV show. show. Nothing. I blame. This is a counterpoint <laughs> to Stewart's point. Yeah. I blame Highlander for ruining my life. How about that? <laughs> Don't watch the third one. And the third one, a friend of mine and I went to cinema to see that. We paid money. Well, I paid money to rent the second one, but we paid money for the cinema ticket for that. And my God, that is terrible. That makes Highlander 2 look like Terminator 2. They uh, start trying to go back. I, I thought I was reading that they tried to just say, nope, second one didn't happen and make like yep. canon off the first movie. So the third it, started that? Yep. Started it, failed miserably, so then the fourth one went, well, let's ignore the second one and the third one, and we'll try again. And then that didn't work, so they went, you know what, let's go to TV. And they did that for a few years. Oh, no! What was the one that had Mario Van Peebles in it? Three. Number three. three. You're going to go watch that one now? You want to see some Van Peebles? Don't blame me. If it's 90 minutes, I will. No, I can't. Yeah. We've... We've done so many two-hour movies this month. Garbage. I, it is rough. I am tired. I'm exhausted from God all the two-hour movies. God bless fucking Menachem Golan for just like 90 minutes. That's how long a movie should be. So is there any premises in the first one, and there's way too many of these, so I'm hoping Stu remembers a few of them he can chuck out at us. Is there any premises in the first movie that just completely fall off the boat here and get uh, ignored, canon-wise, uh, plot-wise, uh, well, rules-wise? <laughs> Rules-wise, not so much, but there's characters in the second one that have no business being in the second one because they left the first one. It's like, why are you back? How did that happen? You got your head chopped off. So that's the major... Hang on a minute. You've totally dismissed everything. I get that you want to yeah. play golf. That's not the point. Get out. You died. He wanted uh, to work with Lambert, too. 
we but wanted that more, sweet three and a half million dollars for yeah. nine days of work. Yeah. Well, that's why I needed to leave by two o'clock because he had a golf game with a diplomat as well. It's like, thanks for coming, hurry this up, please. I've got to go play golf. It's like, for God, what, what job are you? Are you a golf player or are you an actor? And I think he well, would probably say golf player. Shit, I don't mean to me too him, but the IMDb <laughs> said he got uh, uh, accused of sexual harassment on a, by an assistant director too. So he was just. In hands full of everything. <laughs> I, think he, I think he was. But to be honest, the, the rules set up in the first one, there weren't really that many. It was it was kind of a simplistic film that left you yeah. with left you with questions that you didn't get answered in the first film, and then they asked for the answers and they got bad answers in the second movie. <laughs> that they then just the, the filmmakers decided, oh no, we didn't mean to do all those. They're accidental <laughs> answers. Let's redo them in the Renegade cut, which is the director's cut. Um, yeah, which fixes a lot of problems, but there are still problems in that version as well. So it's, it's an odd film, but I do love it. All right, I think we're pretty well equipped to go to this trailer here. So, all right, well, strap yourself in. There can only be one. Thank God, there can only be one sequel. Well, part two. There's there's like twelve sequels to this movie. <laughs> there's only one part two, and it's called Highlander: The Quickening. Shield Corporation, may I help you? Alan Neiman, please. Who may I say is calling? Tell him it's a friend. Tell him it's McLeod. Please hold. Thank you. I'm sorry, he's not accepting any calls at the moment. Any message? No. No message. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Somewhere in the future. A man from the past find the cloud and kill him is all that stands between life and death there simply isn't enough energy on the planet to take down the shield without killing us all the world is dying McCloud. the shield has to come down greetings Highlander. you called Glad the magic works. You got a light. <laughs> Let's have some fun. Remember, you called me. Just remember the quickening. It sounds like magic. Well, it is, kind of. Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery. Highlander 2, The Quickening. Are you McLeod? Yes, I am. Great. I always wanted to meet the guy that turned the world to shit. Well, he saved our lives, if you ask me. I'm not asking you. Okay. What do you want? Did you ever think about that before you covered the sky with that puke? Who are you? Me? I'm nobody. All right? 
I work all day and my life stinks and it's your goddamn fault, you old bastard. Don't turn your back on me! There are some people in this world who know when to stop and some people who don't. Which kind are you? Okay, Miss Nobody, you're out of here. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. You're gone. I'll see you again. Anytime. Oh, Jesus. Why do they always pick my place? All right. I'm sure that uh, that trailer would pretty much serve justice to this whole movie. Probably could watch that instead of watching the movie. Just save <laughs> yourself the extra. Oh, no. you miss out <laughs> some treats. You miss, you miss out all the treats. I would say after I read up on it and I was reading about how like everybody came in, they hated the script. <laughs> well, they hated the rewrites of the script because it got, I guess it got heavily rewritten. And so like, uh, Lambert hated it. And then you had Ironside, which is like, this is a fuck piece of shit. But they were all like, we're bringing our fucking A game to this. And they absolutely did. I mean, Ironside almost lost a thumb. Because they were like, we're going to fight. Lambert was like, we're fighting with real fucking swords. By the way, I can barely see, but we're going to fight with real swords. Yeah. Yeah. You barely can tell <laughs> because they're not great swordsmen or anything. I'm watching this and I'm thinking, was this another movie that they just tacked Highlander the premise onto? Because it, it was like, what about this movie is Highlander? Yeah. Christopher Lambert. (laughs) (laughs) And you've not even really got a lot of Queen songs in this either, which the first one was loaded with Queen songs. But but you mentioned that everybody hated the script. Does that... uh, See, you know, we we see our friend Donald talking about fake news and stuff like that. And and I I have to correct you on on your everybody hated the script. So I I will read a quote from, from my friend Michael Ironside, who was in this film. So yeah. he, he recalls his experience on Highlander 2. Yeah, listen, I hated that script. We all did. Me, Sean, Chris, and we're all in it for the money. I mean, it read as if it had been written by a 13-year-old boy. But I'd never played a barbarian swordsman before, and this is my big first evil mastermind type. I figured if I was going to do this stupid movie, I might as well have fun and go as over the top as I possibly could. See, the, the, the word hate is not in there. It's not. That's right. It's not yeah. Really, it yeah, it is. It is near the beginning. It's hated. So <laughs> you know, I think the the fact that you said everybody hated the script. I'm glad that Michael was able to put that bit of fake news that you had to sleep. I think. Well, I think, much like you, Stuart, we love Michael Ironside, and I was like, what a waste of a great fucking mm. heavy, you know? God, yeah, yeah. Much like you, I fell in love with him on V. I was like, fuck Donovan. It's all about Tyler. <laughs> yeah, though. exactly. I was I was so upset when Ham Tyler left in V the series. He's like, I'm going. I'm like, no. And then the series just nose dived. I've never seen this. Never what, seen V. What year is that oh, from? It was early eighties. Eighty three, eighty four, and eighty five. It run. It's actually funny because it was originally because it came out in the eighties, an allegory for like Nazism taking over. You could do it now, and it would be like, what's going just, on yeah, now? Just be fine. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yep. so. Much better uh, Michael Ironside performance. Go watch V instead. Oh, total, this total, total recall. After after He's good total recall too. Yeah. After I read that Ironside quote, I was like, "Why haven't I watched more of his movies?" Because I that I know of, I've only really watched uh, Scanners, which that movie was wonderful. Was it Scanners? Yeah, it was Scanners. Yeah, Scanners, yeah. Well, and I've also really just like I've just had a text from my friend Christopher Lambert as well, who knows that we're doing this <laughs> this podcast. He said he didn't hate the script. 
Okay, so he wants to pick you up on he didn't hate the script. He did, though, say, uh, let me just read this out. Yep. I was so disgusted with the rewritten script that I wanted to drop out of this movie, but contractual obligations forced me to finish it. Oh, okay. Oh. There we go. Yeah. Hey, there we go. So that's, I, that's Christopher's thought on this movie. I, I like that he honored a contract. I can say that much He's about him. man of his word. Man of his word, exactly. And a big check cleared, so <laughs> it makes it a little easier. He already spent the money on a divorce, probably, and he's just like, fuck it, but I'll do it. All right. Well, from the early early yeah, early eighties V uh, world, we're going to the sweet distant future of twenty twenty four. Another futuristic world in the past. Yeah, RoboCop was twenty twenty. Now we're going to twenty twenty four. This is Biden's world, people. Yeah, this is Biden's world. You can tell. <laughs> yeah, ozone layer gone. I mean, we've all seen the pictures of the West Coast with that nice orange glow. Right. We got that for the whole world now. That's what that's what Biden did for us. He said, "I see we're all jealous of the well, world flow." Well, he will do. That's why we, yeah. we got to get out and vote, people. Yes, that's why we got to vote. It's yeah. like my buddy shit on us in that tweet. Got to yeah. get out and vote. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's twenty twenty four, four years from now. We have no ozone layer, Griff. It's just pollution. It's fuck it. It's goddamn regulations fucked up our environment. Yeah, lack of or <laughs> too many, <laughs> too many. <laughs> I trust hand of the market yes. solve all world's problems <laughs> and so all's not lost Griff, because our man connor mcleod who we just learned from Con- uh stewart i'm calling you connor now stewart. <laughs> you are my highlander is this because all scottish people sound alike or have the same name is this is this like a race thing i don't exactly. know exactly i'm a bigot like towards scottish me. people <laughs> by the way are you for or are you against independent scotland uh, I was for them leaving, uh, mainly because it's like if somebody wants to do something, let them do it. It'll either work or it won't. If you tell people, no, you cannot do it, then they're never going to be happy. So I was sort of, I was kind of for them. Go on, have a go, but don't come complaining if it doesn't work. <laughs> and now with Brexit, you're like, yeah, I think they should have just fucking left, right? <laughs> yeah, even even Brexit, it's like, do you know what, leave. I don't care. I, I'm one of these. It's like chaos can happen. I'll deal with it afterwards. I'll, you know, <laughs> okay. it. So, uh, but never fear, because Connor, the genius we learned from Stick Stewart told us, because we didn't pick up on it, because he is our Highlander whisperer for this yes. episode, that when you are the final one, you get all knowledge. Yeah, the and prize. The prize. As it was. And the Queen song even mentions the prize, so we know it's canon. Okay. So I wish that were a thing about this. But all the rules are dictated by Queen songs in the first movie. So he made an electromagnetic shield around the Earth that protects us. Now, I got to say, this, UV lights. This, this bit of exposition was explained to us in just like a little uh, prompt on the screen. Was, it, was that included in the original theatrical cut? I, I saw it 30 years ago. I have no idea. Yeah, it, it was slightly. Not as much detail, but it, it was explained enough. It wasn't explained why Connor did it, because it, okay. it, it explains it in a flashback in the Renegade version. Um, okay. But now we know why he did it, but we didn't in the theatrical. Okay. Okay. So he's old man Connor because he, he relinquished his immortality by becoming the one. Yep. And he's at the opera, as old people do. Yep. White people love their opera. They, they love it. This is a rundown opera, though. I it mean, all, the whole fucking world is rundown. We're, we're living in Tim Burton's Gotham. We are. Lot, like, giant <laughs> statues everywhere. Catwalks. Cat, just catwalks. 
In the future, we'll all be on catwalks. Yes. They did have plans for downtown Detroit. They want to turn the tramway into like a big walkway. Uh-huh. Sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel chip because I thought the Jetsons were going to have conveyor belts and everything. But this, this catwalks. Yeah, we're going the opposite way where people are like, no, I'm definitely working out. I'm walking. I'm riding bikes everywhere. I think people would go crazy for those conveyor belts. So we, we zoom in. We got a long panning shot of this dilapidated opera house. They're playing some kind of Wagner opera. Yeah, you got leaky ceilings. They got half the garbage uh, bags. It look, yeah, garbage bags because of all the leak. Well, I thought they were just mining their COVID business. You I know? thought Gallagher was in town. <laughs> <I didn't know. laughs> that would be a good. Indian, ladies and gentlemen, Indian Gallagher. <laughs> you saw him in Temple of Doom. <laughs> so he's nodding off as old people do. Yes, of course. And really bad old age makeup. And very bad accent and old man <laughs> accent. That's what I was trying to do to begin the episode. And it turned into a field day. So he's remembering Highlander. Because <laughs> we, I think we got a voiceover from Ramirez, the Egyptian yeah. Scotsman. Yeah, yeah, Sean yeah. Connery. He does. And this is where I'm immediately, when I, was, I, was, I saw it in 1990, is that when it came out? Yeah, pretty much. 1991. Nice. I'm in. I'm in the theater. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why is there spaceships? Because we're like, we're like in the desert. It's it's the future past. Yeah. I guess originally it was on the planet Zeist. Yeah, it was right. Yep. yep. But in the Renegade version, which we watch, we're, we're very upset about that. By the way, because the original plan was Griff and I were going to watch the theatrical version, and we were going to have our man Stuart. <clears throat> Uh, Highlander explained to us yeah. why this movie's good by watching the Renegade version. He was going to be our drug coach through the LSD trip that is the <laughs> theatrical version. Right. And, of course, this the theatrical version is so bad, it's not even available anywhere. They didn't really – They it was released in VHS in America, but never on DVD. Same. Same, in the, same in the UK. Yeah, I struggled – to try and find even even through uh, back channels, trying to find the theatrical <laughs> version of Highlander Two, couldn't couldn't it's find it anywhere in the world. I, I love uh, it. So if check, you get your hands checking, on one of those, checking people's dustbins, you know, <laughs> checking the U bins in people's toilets to see if they flushed it, nothing. Could not find a trace. Oh, there's probably a landfill somewhere. It's I probably think, next to ET. It's, it's probably in the Ukraine somewhere. Probably it's next to ET. Supposedly, according to my very bad research, it's in France. It's in France. Yeah. Well, they love that's the homeland of Christopher Lambert, so they love it. Okay, that makes some sense. So we're like in the middle of Dune, like David Lynch's Dune. We're in Dune world here. They're like shooting like lasers and shit. People are trying to cram that new trailer down my throat. I don't give a shit. Dune is not something I think is going to work on the screen. No, it's it's too. Where's your confidence level on Dune? No, I don't have one. My my partner in it, she asked me, she said, what do you think of this new Dune? I went, um, um, I have no interest in watching it. I've seen the David Lynch one, and I enjoyed it. Not that I understood it, but I quite thought it, yeah. it was pretty to look at. Uh, yeah. But I have no. I think that sort of storyline's been done, and I've seen it, and I've seen the miniseries, and I don't know. I have no enthusiasm for this new one. I'm good. It should just not be a big-budget movie because it's mostly inner monologues and everything. So it should yeah. be some weird art film like Jodorowsky wanted to do with it, but he was going to crazy places with it. Yeah, I, well, I would suggest watch the documentary on what Jodorowsky yeah. wanted to do as yeah. opposed to watching Dune. I think that's more fascinating than any any Dune experience you'll ever have. Let's get back to this experience, though. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was that was speaking of of experiences, things you don't want to talk about. <laughs> Highlighter two. 
So we're like we're in a, there's there's fucking sandworms. There's there's yeah. spice melange. <laughs> it's, it's Explosions, and then we see our man Ramirez, who only has apparently one outfit that Spaniard, yes. that Conquistador outfit. Of course. And there's a spaceship, and they all gather in a spaceship. Remember, we're in the past, apparently, in the Renegade cut. We're in the mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm. How far in the past are we, Stuart? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. I don't think it ever actually gives a time period, but if you watch yeah. the first Highlander, that's around the sort of 15, 1600, so it's way, way before then. So probably oh, about a thousand okay. years, I think. Right, I guess so this probably and it looks desert-like, so it's probably Egypt. So Ramirez probably created the the pyramids. You know, aliens did that. Yeah. So it all makes sense right now. <laughs> so he's giving a rally to the people, and then they're like, "Yes, lead us, Ramirez." Like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to lead you. I got a golf game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got somebody to harass at two o'clock. He's going to lead you, and then they <laughs> points out the blandest guy in the audience. <laughs> What are you talking about? He had the great hair. They all had like some crazy Nang Chan ponytails going on in this movie. A lot of wigs. <laughs> but first, they needed to do their ritualistic Lightning Brother move where they oh, dipped yeah. their fingers in some nacho cheese. Yeah, it's a, it was a beautiful Indiana Jones relic that they have this, you know, set could, up in. Because it, it always fills with nacho cheese. It yeah. never empties. Endless, yeah. Yeah. And they're, I guess their quickening starts bubbling up. <laughs> And they like touch hands, <laughs> and this makes them blood brothers. Like whenever you need me, whenever you call my name, I will appear. Yeah, because I have to be later on in this movie. So this is what this is where we're making up right now. Yeah, and so you get this huge lightning storm that starts up. Everything's going all crazy, and then it comes to a calm. And like, well, it's time to lead your people. That was that was good. You're the Muap D, <laughs> and. And then our man, fucking uh, Michael Ironside, shows up. General Katana. General Katana, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is that the proper name, Griff? Because he did look like a ninja sword. So I just want to know if I'm using the name. It's right. funny because his name's Katana, <laughs> but he doesn't use. He uses like a normal broadsword. Yeah, and then He's not uh, even Asian. Connor you know, uses culture appropriating culture. Yeah, Connor Connor uses a katana, and he's supposed to be the Scotsman. So that's that's all over the place. The, the reason they called him katana was katana is a very ancient Celtic word for "oh shit." Clancy Brown said no to coming back, so we need to get somebody else. Just to, <laughs> yeah, I like it. So he captures them immediately. Yeah, there's like a short, weird battle, and then he gets them. We don't even get to really see the battle. We just see people skirmishing, and you think they might be fighting a sandworm or something. But right, well, speaking of worms, we're in a dungeon with yeah. a little like pool, and he ganks an eel out of the water. Yeah, or just a piece of rubber. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Hmm. And he's, he makes some comment like, "They're so easy to catch." Oh, really? Maybe they're waiting for their moments. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I don't think so. I think they're just easy to catch. We need to go talk to the Superman Tribunal. <laughs> so they go to that, that floating head tribunal that we see in Superman. <laughs> and this is where things change. This is what I watched because there's a, a Zeist cut. Not a cut. It's like a scene, the original on YouTube. And it's almost identical to what we see. They just changed the... Uh, the words like you don't see people talking it's like off camera talking yeah, and they, yeah. so they eliminate all mention of zeiss because these are like the, the uh i don't know what the rulers of zeiss what the fuck are those I, I don't know what to call them i just call them the elders 
makes I think they, yeah, elders or the judges, I think they just generally refer to them as. Yeah. Katana's making a great case. He's like, hey, these guys are fucking shit up. And they're like, well, okay, you're guilty. What we're going to do, your punishment is re- exile you into the future. Yes. We get a lot of Highlander rules right here. This is in both versions, right? The Highlander rules about how they're actually not immortal. They're only immortal when they're not on Zeist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That's what we learn, basically. If you go to Earth, as long as there's more than one Zeistian, I will say, on Earth, or in the future, I should say, because we're we're not talking about Zeist anymore. We're talking about the Renegade cut. Yeah. It's going to get very confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sean Connery. As long as there's more than one Highlander, we've we've established all immortals are. By the way, are you immortal? Because you are Highlander. Yes. I am. I have been for many thousands of years. Yeah. If I chopped your head off, even though I'm not an immortal, would I get your quickening? Yeah. Uh, no, you, you you wouldn't get the quickening, but you would still kill me. Yeah, because my quickening well, not I, buddy, I'm not going to do it. The quickening would quickening. kill you because you're a human. Oh, okay. so you would die. Oh, okay. 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 I love it. I love having Stuart here just explain all this shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, okay, so if as long as you're on in the future, not on Earth, in the future of Earth, mm-hmm. we're in the past of Earth right now, yeah. the distant past, and there's more than one Highlander, you are all immortal. However, when you, once you become the one, you have two options. You can live your life in the future as a mortal and then die, yeah. or you can come back to the past future they're at and... <laughs> live um and then die there because i don't think you're immortal there either. i i don't know what the point of going back to zeiss was I don't either. uh it's it's so fucking weird so that's their punishment and they get sent into the future which is like the 1500s for connor and i think ramirez gets earlier he's like remember we did that that nacho cheese thing you're yeah. a bonded you will always call my name just call my name you see i like this connor is is not really sure what he means by call my name. So he gets stirred awake. He fell asleep during the opera. We mentioned he's old man. He's flatulent as all hell. You know, he gets in his car. Well, that was that great season. Hey, thanks for waking me up. I got to get out of here. <laughs> I just loved all the old man Lambert's uh, talking. That was that was too funny. Chewing um, on a cigar and shit. <laughs> yeah. Did not I like- give him an Oscar for that, though. It's like, I- that is... That's, the makeup was amazing, other than it kept melting because they were in Argentina running down people's faces and stuff. The voice, I was like, oh, that's because how did they make him younger? It was mind-blowing, pure cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that he is old and fragile when he's walking around, but when he gets in that car, he's spry <laughs> as fuck. He's like doing burnouts. He's like he gets, that, he gets a sword in his hand, or a sword-like thing in his hand, he's spry as fuck. That's true, that's true. But yes, he just peels out, takes off, because he's looking for his buddy Alan. He saw Alan across the way at the opera, or did he imagine that? Oh, was he looking for Alan when he? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's right. I, you see, he pulls over at a random place. We don't have payphones in 2024. They get replaced by video payphones. Of course, that's the future. <laughs> and so he's trying to start up a Zoom call in the middle of the street here. I thought he was trying to call Ramirez. I don't no. know how that would work, <laughs> but that's what I, I honestly. No, he doesn't thought. remember Ramirez. That's the thing. At this point, he doesn't have. Well, any... He just had a memory of Ramirez because <laughs> it's coming back. That's what. Okay. That's what it's supposed to be. Okay. 
and, and then we jump, so we jump back to Highlander one though. He has no clue who Sean Connery is when he shows up. So it's like, what is? So this is one of the flaws. It's like, what's with this memory thing? Can you remember him? Can you not remember him? Is this like Star Wars where the memory gets wiped before he gets sent off to Anchorhead or whatever? <laughs> so that part does get a bit confusing. You either remember him or you don't. Oh. Mm. So he's making a call. The guy, the woman's like, "Sorry, Alan's not taking any calls right now." Oh. And he's like, "Darn it!" Goes back, checks the change deposit thing, <laughs> see if he got his quarterback. Got to. <laughs> we, we got a we got a change shortage in America here. Come on. Right. So then a, a couple members of the Warriors show up and start like taunting him. Yeah. And then they recognize, "Hey, you're Connor McLeod." Yeah. Want to see Conor McGregor? I know, I know. I saw it in your face. Even I wanted to say it with you. <laughs> and they're just spooked. I guess his like they still. I guess they know he's a badass Highlander. I don't know. But they they back off, and he jumps in the car and peels out again. Oh, so uh, yeah, we got to figure out what's going on with our shield facility here because, the, of course, Connor sets up this whole ozone layer protection shield we learned about in right. the beginning. So we go over to the facility. We got some guards, which is, is just a dam. Yeah, it's a dam. Yeah. It's heavily guarded. I guess they have to use the dam to create the energy. See, this I, just makes think, sense. I just think it was a cheap set. Yes, I think so. Yeah. But it makes sense. You need all this energy, so you just put it right on top of a dam, produces all that energy. You got a couple wind turbines. I there. would use UV lights. Just know? use UV just lights. Use the thing yeah. that's de- destroying our planet. That's a good point. To protect it. Ugh, science. Yeah, hey, I'm not an immortal. Oh, so we get some nice ribbing. You know, you got one security guard looking at a camera, and they're like, I thought I saw something move. Fish move. Like a Rick Bodie joke. <laughs> so as we're seeing so these we guys. See these Antifa thugs are just invading this, this, this uh, power plant. Yeah. And they're in like frogman suits because they're obviously swimming up a dam like they're, salmon. They're, they're basically shokazooging it. They're like yeah. not ninja shit. It's amazing. They're repelling. They're fucking ziplining. And they get in. And like all things great in 2024, the squad is led by a woman. Of course. <laughs> yes, our our, our uh, character Louise something. I don't remember her last. Name. I, I Played by it. Virginia Madsen, sister of Michael Madsen from Reservoir Dogs. Oh. Who took the role? Uh, here's a quiz for you guys. Did she A take the role because she loved the script and believed in the world that they were creating or wanted to do it because she's never been to Argentina and wanted to work with Sean Connery? Ooh, uh, I'm going to go with great crafts and food services. Well done. Good answer, yes. Now she she has been to Argentina and has worked with Sean Connery, so she's very happy. (laughs) Two things I've never done, so you got it over on me, Virginia. So, yes, she's, she's like, clacking on the typewriter, doing some shit. Oh yeah, she's. Got... I, I should say computer and typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> These were cheap sets. We've been going over all the Indiana Jones great sets. Now we're in some real cheap shit. Right. Well, we're just using a leftover Batman set. Is basically what we're using. I, yeah, and I do like that. This facility also has a lot of catwalks everywhere. Yeah, and she realizes she's like, "What the radiation levels? They're 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 normal. What?" We're, we're, we're as confused as she is. And then they're like, we got to get out of here. So they take off. Cut to our man Katana. Oh, yeah. We, we haven't had enough Ironside. He's with those Highlander elders. He's just like, God damn. He's, apparently, they're watching. They're watching from the past. They're watching on a screen what's happening in the future. Are they? I think they're just suspended in time. Like, there is no time in Zeist. All right? <laughs> 
There's no Zeiss, Griff. We're talking, we're talking about the Renegade no, guy. No, we're talking about Zeiss because there's no other way to clarify. What? How do we call this thing? I think, I, I think we did. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're we're both confused. I think it's <laughs> the Zeiss past. I think. Zeiss the past. Yeah. There you go. Who knows? So he's like, Porcupine boys, come here. <laughs> oh my god, these guys. You're my boys. Oh, one, you know, one was a giggler. And one yeah. was a cat. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was their two personalities. And they had, they had porcupine here. If you wanted to send two people on a secret mission to take out the one person that was a threat to your entire regime, would you send Mr. <laughs> you wouldn't, would you? You wouldn't oh, go, no. oh, I'm going to trust you with this mission. You really wouldn't. Crazy. And it seemed, it seemed like Katana and Connor had some bad blood. You'd think he'd be like, I want to fucking kill that guy. Like, what is he doing this whole time? He I should be out know. killing maybe, him. Maybe the elders, like, said you can't go. Did well, you the, like the, the, oh, go the, ahead. the backstory? So jumping a little bit back to Highlander 1 as well. Apparently, in a backstory, Katana was also the one who sent the Kurgan, a.k.a. Clancy Brown, yeah. to send yeah. to kill Connor. So there definitely was some sort of bad blood going on there. But maybe Katana's just afraid of facing him. Maybe he's afraid he'll lose. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so he sends these rejects from the island of Dr. Moreau to take care <laughs> oh of porcupine guys. They look like they're going to a rave or something. They I got the know. goggles. They got a goth look going on. Got the they look like they've just come from a rave. <laughs> or, yeah, going, coming. You know, they're into both. They've just come so from they a get... Trump rally. <laughs> they weren't wearing masks. You're That's right. That's a good point, yeah. So back to Connor. He stops in his old watering hole for a little bit of the bubbly. Oh yeah, I gotta get some bubbly. And the the Timmy, the the bartender, is like, Mister McCloud, it's on the house, buddy. Oh god, no, you... I'll pay for it. You started, so I'm gonna go ahead and do my wrestling reference here. Did you notice the bartender was Omega drinking oh. his milk? <laughs> yeah, well, he's a good boy. He's a good but boy. But who isn't good boy? This fucking barfly bitch. Oh who's man, sitting in the back. Jeez. She's just furious that Connor saved the world. Yeah. Well, again, this is the Trump reality. So right. the you know she shouts out, "I did you put that shield up?" Everyone recognizes. It's all a Connor. hoax. Yeah, it's all a hoax. There's an ozone layer out there. And the bartender, little Kenny O, steps in and he's just like, "Well, Miss, uh, I believe he saved the world." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh." Uh, he's like, well, get out of here. We don't serve your kind. We don't serve droids here. Get out. And then you think she leaves. And then Connor, he's just like sipping on his bubbly. She comes back with a bottle. Oh, yeah. Dashes him on the arm with it. Oh, it was bad. He blocks it with his arm, but he gets a cut on his hand. Right. And she's like, he's like, get out of here, you. <laughs> Kicks her out. And then he notices the little scratch on his arm heals instantly. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. I feel a little bit of the quickening coming on. Ooh. So he's hanging out. I mean, during that whole bar scene, he sees the news. He sees, like, the they're talking about the cobalt uh, break-in of TSC. The... You mean Antifa? Yeah, Antifa. Don't try to make it sound like Oh, yeah, good, excuse right? me. Excuse These me, are thugs. Of course. These are thugs, yes. Oh, we we know that he, he he's familiar because they already know, like, the leader is Luis. I don't know. You notice she like knows a lot of shit. Like, how does she know? She's always she's her whole job is exposition because she'll just be like, "Oh, he's here now." Yeah. You're like, how the fuck do you know? Yeah. I wonder if she was like uh, fighting this the whole time she was working on, on the film. Like, wait, 
you're from the future. There, she should have had the Glenn Beck chalkboard and everything to like draw lines for us. The fucking and all that. red strings. Yeah, like, uh, we needed that. Uh, so Connor's like, I'm drunk now. Time to drive home. Oh yeah, Jumps there's no car. one on these streets. There's yeah. rogue trains everywhere. <laughs> rogue <laughs> trains, and it's constantly wet. Constantly. And so she take. She's like in a uh. What do you call the fucking fire escape? She comes down and jumps in his car. I'm coming with you. Oh, yeah. She just meets him on the street, and she's like, Connor, I need to talk to you. Everyone just tells Connor, like, their business. It's it's really annoying. I, you think well, she's Connor all, like, trying to shame him. Like, you sold out, man. Yeah. And he's just like, look, look. I'm a little tired today. I don't know if I can talk to you. <laughs> I, I think John Claude. What, what Wattle from the Phantom Man is? Hey, Anakin. <laughs> What's the matter? My hand healed up. Our our accents are about as strong as this uh this movie. Oh yeah. So uh, he's like, all right, you're along for the ride. So they just go to his place. I, like, I'm sorry, Murray. I just love that he says no, and she goes. What? Did somebody die or something? Like, what? You... <sighs> Go on. And then I, should, I shouldn't have brought it back. Just as that happens, the Porcupine Brothers arrive, and uh, they just—they got hovercrafts. They got the fucking uh, uh, back from in the future uh, too. F- yeah, no, no, no. From uh, Stewart's least favorite canon film, Master of the Universe hover pads. They were yeah, the He-Man hover pad. They, you're right. And one guy's got Hawkman wings. <laughs> and so the giggle, I think it's, no, who, I think. I, I, dude, I don't, I, don't, I can't differentiate There's these a giggler two. and there's the hisser, I mean, basically. I can't. So Connor's can't like, that. I got to get out this catwalk, time to fight. Yep. And like you said, he's very spry now, but then that, the quickening's coming back. So it makes sense that yeah. he's at least more spry. He hasn't, he hasn't had a fight for his life in a while. The fright, flight, fight or flight is kicking in. So he, but once you got to run to the, the nearest catwalk if you, someone's coming for your life. I mean, it's safe. <laughs> I mean, you get a narrow passage. You take the uh, the height advantage away because he knows hoverboards can't go over ten feet. So once he gets on that catwalk, it's got narrow. He can get him lined so up. He breaks off a piece of the catwalk railing. Yep. He doesn't have a sword. Yep. And we get a sword fight. It it's like a, it looks like two old guys fighting. It, it really does. And. uh then a train comes out of nowhere? Yeah, Connor's getting his ass beat, so he's, like, looking for any way to get away from this thing. Just so happens a train, again, rogue train, <laughs> just running through this Gotham City. Right, train right through the middle of fucking a bustling, well, not a bustling city. A yeah, yeah, dying it's pretty city. empty. Trash flying around everywhere. I don't know how there's this much trash, but... So he uh, he manages to get, fall down onto this train. He just, like, kind of falls over onto it, and so Porcupine, we'll just say the giggler... He jumps on top of the train as well. They're having this great fight. Connor somehow manages to like, you know what he does? He gets down on like the on a lower level of the train, just right above the tracks, and he somehow lures the giggler down. And somehow <laughs> he had a that camera gives, like the giggler from Death Wish Three, yeah. He's like hey, somehow that gives him an advantage suddenly. <laughs> well, it worked because the giggler <sighs> slips, falls underneath the train, and gets beheaded. Lo and behold gets beheaded which yeah. is exactly what you want when you got a got a highlander around. exactly i don't but know how remem- Highland- but, but remember also conor mcleod will have seen trains before because he's lived on earth in this sort of time period with your version around for a while the giggler yes has not so he doesn't really know how trains work <laughs> it's so alien how does this work <laughs> 
So oh, he's beheaded, yeah. and then that sweet, sweet quickening just starts flowing through Connor's. Oh, what? So like explosions are going off because the quickening. Oh yeah. And so a guy who's he's driving a gasoline tanker, he crashes. So the tanker starts sliding toward Connor, and then of course as soon as it, like two feet from him, it explodes. We having technical issues. And then all quickening breaks loose. And we see the young, virile Connor McLeod once again. Not only do we see it, Louise sees it, and she likes what she sees. Oh, my God. She was just peeking through that garbage can. She's like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, okay. So she comes running. Up. Well, she wants to come running over, but he has to fight a second. The hiss- hissy fit. Yeah, the hissy fit. Hissy and, fit? That's what we're calling him now? Yeah, because he's like... <laughs> and uh connor's like well i can't get this guy on foot so i gotta right. put my agility to the test now i got i got my youth back i gotta make sure everything's broken in right so what what is he using as a weapon at this point did he steal the guy's sword he might i think he might have stole the giggler's sword yeah do they have swords no they had laser guns they no had one, of them, one of them had like a sword because he picked it up off the street Okay, so it was a sword. All yeah, right. right, this is this okay. is like He-Man, where we use laser guns and swords. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a nice hoverboard chasing. And... Are we sure this wasn't the uh, sequel to Master of the Universe and not Cyborg? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. So uh, Connor, he hasn't quite worked out his uh, new old body yet. His old new body, his youthful body. So he ends up falling over. He biffs it. I mean. You know, he's not well, used to first hoverboards. Time on a hoverboard. Yeah, God. that's a good point. So he's like, you know what? I'll use this to my advantage somehow. Finds a nice rope hanging around. <laughs> just happens to be. And the the hisser, he he's a fool for traps. He's he just runs into every one of them. So he takes the wire, wraps it around his sword, pulls it, taunt, and uh yeah, the hisser just runs right into it, right at the neck. And beheads himself. Yeah, it was like a jump rope. Like I, would, I could see like breaking somebody's neck, but I would behead somebody. I, I mean, the hoverboard speed had to be a million. Well, he, he had. Well, he didn't have a hoverboard. He had the he little wings. Yeah, he yeah. was on the wings. It literally, what it would have uh, done was flip him over in a circle, wouldn't it? It would not have chopped his head off. Well, the thing we don't know about porcupines that is being proven here, they have very, 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 very weak necks. <laughs> I was just waiting for them to shoot some quills out at fucking Connor. I would have loved a little quill that. action. If you're going to give porcupine anamorphous features, whatever, spray some quills, dog. Uh, I don't know. All I know is that Connor immediately goes, Ramirez! <laughs> As he's getting the quickening, that was like how he fucking just like climaxes. <laughs> Remember the name? Yes. Remember the name? And remember he does because Ramirez appears, but for some reason he appears in Scotland. <laughs> well, that... I guess we're calling the movie Highlander, so we have to have one scene in Scotland. It's like a video game. That was his spawn point, Scotland, his native land or something. And so he just went back there. So he appears on the stage. They're doing they're doing some Hamlet. Rick Bodie's like his big starring role. I, I, I love this. Fucking everyone. First of audience... all, we're in Scotland. It should be Macbeth, but it's Hamlet. And Rick Bodie's just quoting his girlfriend, bravo, bravo. And Ramirez ain't having any of it. He's like, what, are you going to fuck that skull or something? You know, he's just like, totally. <laughs> it's so weird. He's like, I don't want to interrupt this shit, but uh, yeah. it's really gay what's going on. Here. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, 
He's like, why don't you fuck up, shithead? Shithead, I like that. I really want to believe that Sean Connery was just drunk or high and just stumbled <laughs> into this, and they were like, film it, film it. <laughs> and so our man Ramirez is back. He's in Scotland for some reason, but he's back. I'm happy he's back. Got back to Connor. Louise is just dripping. Oh, yeah. Gee, you Once you see the quickening, I mean, he was... <laughs> Had lightning shooting in and out of them. So, Mullet is just flowing in the wind. Dude, she's like, I got to get me some of that jolt. Right. And so he just, he just bangs her against a wall. It was. He introduces himself. <laughs> very kind of you, you know. But he says, hello, I'm caught. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I trying to do this accent? Hello, I'm Connor. <laughs> Can you not do a French Scottish accent? What's the matter with you? <laughs> I got her. Care to bang. Oh, I, this is uh, one of the powers of a Highlander that we're unaware of. Irresistible to ladies? You say your name and a lady has to fuck you. That's why because, Sean uh, Connery wanted to be in the film, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> you don't say your name. You say Sean Connery's name. Shine me up. <laughs> <laughs> no, he introduces but himself. But he screamed Ramirez. That's what started it you all. You think that's okay? Yeah. Hey, we'll have to go through the rest of the movies to figure out. We'll we'll make the rules for that. the Renegade cut, it was Connor. <laughs> in the theatrical, it was Ramirez <laughs> that got her excited. Oh, okay. So Either he, way, he just fucks the shit out of her against the wall. She Very consenting. Very into yeah, it. Yeah, they were both. It was consensual. Give me a baby Highlander right now. This was no Steven Seagal thing. This yeah, was this you know, two was, people yeah. wanting to bang each other. Oh, my God. Oh, so now that they fucked, I go back to his beautiful apartment. He's got that nice, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't even open brickwork. It's beautiful. It's going to cost you a billion dollars these days. Loft. Thank you. And Louise gives us the exposition. Uh, I, I can't even do it. So can you can you can you do the jungle gym system of uh, exposition? She does here. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Probably not. So she it's the whole you're immortal. No, you're not. Yes, you are thing. Yeah. Explanation. Okay. So it's a case of so you're immortal uh, if you're on your own, but if one of those comes here, then you're not unless you kill them, and then you are again. It it felt a bit sort of hokey cokey, left leg in, left leg out, sort of weird. Yeah. And I I don't even think that was part of the film. I think that was part of the the production meeting before they started filming. And Russell Mulcahy was like, "Film it, film it, just film this shit." Yeah. Because because I was like, yeah, something like that. So he didn't, he didn't know either. Yeah, you do see a moment where she puts her script down and goes, no way. Yeah. This happened? Did this? That would explain Lambert's confused look on his face when he's like, is that is that right? Is that how Highlander works? Well, because oh. Lambert's as blind as a bat, which is why he's got that weird stare. Because he, right. he normally wears glasses. So it's like, he probably didn't even know who he was banging in the alley. He probably thought it was Sean Connery. <laughs> he thought it was Ramirez. Oh, Ramirez. <laughs> That explain why he's yelling. That's Ramirez. exactly who you want to fight with real swords, too. A guy who can't see. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Oh my god! Ironside showing up. He wants to fight with real swords. Uh, can he? Can he, <laughs> he can't see, right? <laughs> Let's do this. That's commitment, though. Like these guys. Well, like, yeah, I don't. I got to be on the other end of the sword. I'm like, we don't need that much commitment, all right? Oh yeah, I know. But Ironside was still like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this." <laughs> Oh, okay. So we cut back to Ramirez. He's basically the com- comedic relief for this movie. And we needed after that exposition dump that everyone was confused by. Because <laughs> we're more confused than ever, so we just need to laugh. We do. We really do. So he goes to a Taylor. Uh, he's in Scotland, yet everyone has British accents. I guess they, this, this is the British side of town. Mm-hmm. 
And he's just like, I need something to wear. Yeah. And like, sir, we don't serve your type here. Oh. He's like, well, how about if I give it this little dangly earring I got? <laughs> and he's like, oh, dear, yes. So they, they tell, they joke around. They're like, it takes us three months. Another great accent from me. You're welcome. <laughs> that, was a, to... that was a perfect sized accent, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. He was talking to another person in the shop. Uh, Sean, sure, take... I don't know where I'm going. It takes three months, but the earring, they see the earring. They're just like, we'll get this done now. So they get him out the finest whiskey. They get him a nice... Fu- Wait, is it whiskey? Irish whiskey, get him whiskey, bring him some golf clubs. Some people yeah. to harass, you know, that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, they, of they course. He's, well, well. He, he's a man's man, so of course you bring him some woman. So we get a great suit-making montage, and then we see he's got the perfect fucking gentleman's outfit. It's beautiful. And, you know, the, the, the main tailor, he's just like, all right, so you're off to the airport now, and you get a confused mirror. Airport? What's an airport? Well, you said you have a lot of, a lot of ground to cover in a little time, so you would take a plane. We know Ramirez is going to have to go on his first airplane. This is a Jerry Seinfeld skit if there ever was one. So now, we cut. Knowing the geography, though, because it showed that he appeared in a place called Glencoe, right, which is at the very, very, very tip of Scotland. The nearest airport is probably about 12 hours car drive. Holy south, shit. South. So it's like somehow he goes from Glencoe and then ends up in an airplane. You're like, which airport did you go to? How long did you get there? So the timeline's going a bit a bit wobbly at this moment in time. But well, yes, he I does mean, end up on a plane. A very old looking he, plane, I might add. He uh he is um accustomed to the quickening and everything, so I think maybe that somehow helps <laughs> it him. Makes him run fast. Makes him run faster, maybe. So that's what's called the quickening. Speed. Exactly, the yeah. quickening, super speed. Right. Not so. the slowing. <laughs> oh, all right, we're Khan. He's still hitting up Louise. He's giving her some nice nature visuals, ASMR. Murray was loving this, I'm sure. Whispering. I don't even remember the scene. Yeah, he's telling her all about like what it's like above or in the past when they didn't have oh, a shield. Oh, right. And, yeah, because she's like she's never seen it because 1999 is when the shield went off. Yeah, it's like that Seinfeld episode where Kenny's roasters appeared and Kramer's uh, apartment was all red. Right. That's that's Earth now. The skies were blue. They were beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we haven't talked to Katana for a while. So let's just see what's going on on the future past ice, whatever future you want to call ice, it. Yeah. He's pissed. He's like, you don't send out an underling to do a, 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 hench, a, a main villain's job. I got to do this. Yeah. I got to. Well, he sent them there. So he's telling himself, hey, I fucked up. I should probably go do this myself. Right. So he teleports. And he, and uh, then we get a cut to a commercial. Yeah, know. yeah, they cut in some nice RoboCop two commercials for reasons. You right. know, the, the psychic still hanging around. cook. Where yeah. we see ghosts and a guy cooking. This is a perfect commercial for Halloween. It's coming up because he's got like these ghosts, and they're dipping their hand into the nacho cheese sauce too, and then he's licking the cheese off their fingers. It was a very weird commercial. <laughs> But hey, cooking shows cooking shows are huge. They're huge today. I imagine they're huge in four years as well. They are. And then our man Katana arrives. He just crashes like a lightning bolt right into a subway. Mm. Apparently, we we finally invested in some high-speed rail. Yeah. Because he decides, he's like, I'm going to first murder a couple people just to get that out of my system. Of course. And then he, he jacks up a kid, chokeslams a kid. Yeah. 
you'd like to drive this, wouldn't you? And he's like, well, fuck yeah, I would. <laughs> well, you're not. I am. Throws the kid down, cranks it up to fucking 800 miles an hour. I mean, this even is, Japan don't go that fucking fast. This is fascinating. Yeah, man. Is, fuck your bullet plane. This is like a fucking quickening uh, train. And we got some sweet-ass fucking rock music playing in the background to let you know how rocking this is happening. But not Queen. Not Queen. No, we couldn't afford Queen. We get a lot of uh, practical effects. Got guys' eyeballs popping out because it's going so fast that everyone, you know, the G-Force is destroying everybody. Right. This super dilapidated, like, New York subway yeah. is going 800 miles an hour. I kind of love that there's, like, people hanging out the windows. Like, why would you... Try to and there's fireworks because I know it's supposed to be sparks, but it's just fireworks shooting <laughs> off of the. What is it grinding against? Uh, but yes, and apparently the last stop is a brick wall because he just goes to a brick wall, <sighs> and then he drops some kind of one liner. Like I don't even fucking remember. Last stop. Last stop. Yep, he just <laughs> tells everybody to to get off the train. Like, does anybody still functioning on that train? They don't call it the slowening. They call it the quickening. He dusts off his duster. That's what they call dusters. That, yeah, you notice like he's it. also wearing like a wrestling belt. It was like this big ass. Hey, belt. I like that. I dig that wrestling belt, man. Don't don't dog, like, dog God, I gotta find that Connor. So he just goes off to Connor. Yeah, we got Connor. He's going to visit his old friend Alan. He finally narrows him down. I think he has to go back to the TCP yeah, headquarters. The old headquarters. Catches him in his office. He walks right. He's got his best fucking mom jeans and the members only jacket on. He's cool now because he's young. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He is young again. And then we get a little thing because they got like a handprint thing because nobody recognizes him because mm-hmm. they remember old man Connor. That's right. And then he's got he's got the handprint thing and it, it scans and he's of course like, it remembers him. Yeah. And then he goes up to see our man, Alan, who's an old man. Alan, who is just uh, trying to pour himself a nice cup of coffee. He's got a little Hillsborough. I thought it was going to be some product placement, but he's shitting on Hillsborough coffee. He's like, oh, my God. He sips it. He's like, this is some real fucking shit. Chucks it against the wall. He's a little disappointed in life. Well, Connor happens to appear. When you, you wish notice there was Connor. a lot of overlay uh, John DeHart style lighting going on in this movie. Oh yeah, there is the fan that yeah, was in yeah. his office. When I was watching yeah. this, I was like, "This looks like an '80s video." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, let me look back. What, what did this director do? He did like all of Duran Duran's videos. So Wild, like, Wild Boys. Sense. Yep, he did it's, Wild Boys, which is, looks very similar to uh, to Highlander Two. There's a lot of like billowing like fabric for some reason. Very it's visual. Cool. Yeah, it's just cool. <laughs> and what isn't cool is the scene because he's like Connor is that you you're beautiful and he just touches his face and oh. caressing him because well he heard he heard his name so he wants to fuck him now we've just oh, established right. that that's right well I thought it was Ramirez <laughs> I don't know what cut we're watching now <laughs> <laughs> all of them <laughs> we're merging all of them yeah crisis uh. on infinite cuts and so Get a cut back because we then we realized they worked together mm-hmm. on this shield. They, remember the day we we launched that satellite? I'll remember it like it was yesterday. And then we get to see it. <laughs> then we get to see. I, I got some fucking Batman and Robin flashbacks. I was like, is that a fucking going to freeze the planet? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. And it was just a very brief. We didn't really even need this flashback. You could have just said, "Hey, remember when we launched that satellite?" <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so we we come out of that back into the modern day and they're still kind of chatting and everything but um 
we get to see as the audience that there's this guy, Blake, snooping in on them. He can hear them. So what Alan starts doing is typing out uh, little messages and, you know, uh, Connor is just over his shoulder. So he's reading the messages and realizing, oh, shit, we're, you know, someone's listening in on us. And uh, well, Alan, he revealed that the ozone layer is back. Yeah. And they don't these these fucking guys who are making money aren't uh, they don't want to stop it. They keep because they're making too much money off the shield being up. So they don't give a fuck that the ozone. We don't even need the shield anymore. Who gives a shit? And so he comes uh, the businessman. He's observing this. He knows exactly what they're talking about. So he interrupts. And he's like, uh, yeah, we're not we're not stopping this. We're making too much money. And Alan and Connor are like, well, we'll see about that. So. He <laughs> wants the profit. Cut to Katana. He's kicking an Uber. This is, this is the year 2024. Uber survived the pandemic, people. <laughs> and this guy is just like, hey, man, I love your fucking wrestling belt. You're fucking cool, man. Yeah, like, he, he's dogging him. He must have dropped the sacred word. I want to go to Connor. I don't know. I want, he just did an American accent. He's like, I don't give a shit. I yeah. want to go to God. He's got a great voice, so he can't hide it behind the shit. Yeah, accent. and of course, he was hamming it the fuck up, so it's really good. And the, and then he, the fucking Katana starts trashing his fuck. He just rams a sword through his windshield. Yeah. He's like, I fucking love it, dude. It's awesome. He, he absolutely was. He was really into it. He was having a great time. But, uh, yeah, he comes to a stop. He's looking up at this building. He's really, he, I, I, he knew where Connor was. How did he find they, they sent they, they, Don't they sense the quickening? Isn't that something they, from the they, first movie? They can usually, usually sense when one of their own kind is kind of close. Because you see that a lot in the first Highlander. They sort of know oh, okay. right before one shows up. So. And Katana's right. obviously very powerful, so he'll be able to do it more. Here's me trying to put logic into a lot of these plot points, exactly. but I'm sounding semi convincing. Say echolocation. He's going, boop, 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 boop. Tracking his iPhone or something. <laughs> oh, there find, we go. That's find my immortal. Just following by his tweet location. So, this is what. Okay, the guy's loving it when he's breaking his windows, but when he hits the headlights, that's a bridge too far. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then he just, and then he punches this fucking window out, threatens it. I thought he was going to kill the guy. Yeah. Well, he's even talking about, hey, you know who you would like? My sister. She would really like you. You guys would probably bang it out, make a couple kids. I'd be an uncle. Then my little nephews, could, nieces and nephews could drive uh, Ubers and we'd have a whole fleet. And he's like, I got to have a moment. Sorry. So he goes up to the building, goes on the top. And it goes, Connor! And every woman has an orgasm in the, the whole fucking city. It's that powerful. Oh, man. And now, uh, Murray, again, another emotional, powerful scene. We know Katana is on Earth. We know he's hanging out, just probably snooping through all of Connor's records and everything. And that comes later. That comes later. Yeah. But Ramirez, what's he been up to? We need a little more of that comic relief. Yeah, he's on a very bad, like... It looks, it's not it, CGI. This is a bad fucking model plane. I, don't I know. thought they just put seats in the plane from Indiana Jones last week. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> yeah. it looked like a set of like some porno that they'd be fucking stewardesses yeah. on. It's very cheap. But he's got a beautiful uh, brown uh, brown hair woman. Yes, because yeah. he makes a note of saying brunettes fuck the best. Yeah. 
Let me tell you why. And then he goes, Ramirez. And then he does a nice fucking tight five minutes in airline food. It was hilarious. I told you, scenes were in my Jerry. He's like, but also this is where it differs slightly from the theatrical one. The theatrical Ooh. one, when he whispers in her ear, you do not hear what he says. However, oh. when you watch the Renegade one, we know exactly what he says. Uh, I was quite shocked when I watched the Renegade one today. I'm like, I don't remember him saying that in the theatrical one. They like it when when you shit on their face, was what he said. Oh. And it's like in the theatrical, you don't hear that. You just sort of hear him whisper oh. something and she laughs do, uncomfortably. I've known a lot of brunettes and they love to get shit on. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> so he's speaking truth. Okay. Okay. We're we're getting away from this. Let's go back into something more touching. Let's not talk about Mongo shit. Let's keep Sean it on Mongo. Connery, Sean Connery loves the touching. So it's <laughs> not too much of a way. I love shit. <sighs> so speaking of shit, we're at this very bizarre mausoleum. I don't know what. There's billowing curtains. Uh, again, it makes no sense. Connor is above his wife from the first movie. He's just remembering back. And this is what you alluded to earlier, Stuart, where we get this flashback that's not in the theatrical cut, where we see that she suffered the fate of UV ray. She had bad sunburn. Oh, okay. almost like Clint Eastwood. So that, that gives bad. him inspiration to put the shield up. That's probably did. something you'd want in the right. movie. You would, because it only took like two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, well, she, no, we she, need... she went out and got the sun, and she injected bleach in herself, instructed by the president of some country, apparently. <laughs> and I think it went horribly wrong, and she so died. Like, honor the bleach. It didn't work. The hydrocortisone, <laughs> or the fuck it yeah. didn't work. Maybe she she was uh, feeling a little confident because she used the Sunblock 5000 from RoboCop 2. We know that came out in 2000. Yeah, I, we should be trying to destroy our ozone because we know UV lights kills COVID. Yes. Like, so just makes perfect sense. Why don't we... We're, we're going to use our nukes to destroy uh, hurricanes and tornadoes and the like. Why not use a nuke to blow up the ozone so we get that UV here? COVID. Hello. I hear. I, I smell a Nobel Peace Prize coming. I do too. And speaking of smelling something, Katana shows up. And he just fucking rubs like dog shit off his boot all on her fucking tombstone. He's just disrespecting the fuck out of Connor. It, it's awful. And you you know... This is one of the only rules I remember from Highlander 1 that gets carried over into this movie. Can't fight on holy grounds. Right. Can't fight them. So perf- the perfect heel move by fucking Katana. Rub it dog really shit is. on the fucking tombstone and be like, you can't touch me. I You see, I want to know how he got that big gnarly scar on his face. That's in the, the next cut. He's always had that. <laughs> if, if you look at Michael Ironside's face, he's got a very smaller version of that scar. So they've just oh, they've, really? they've enhanced it. So you watch okay. any of his things. So if I ever speak Expl- to Michael Ironside, he be like, what happened? How did that happen? So tell me. Right. They ex- I thought it was from scanning. Oh, yeah. the vein. oh they, they push his brain back in. Yeah. They yeah, reassembled well, him. They explain <laughs> it in the masochist cut of Highlander 2, <laughs> where they go, another hour this shit. The masochist cut. So It just follows Louise. <laughs> the Katana, he takes off. And he's like, meet me at the abandoned Sparks factory. Oh, that's where yeah. we got to fight. I love this. I like that Katana has been here for like five minutes already. He knows where his church is, where his uh, right. dead wife is buried. He knows where the abandoned spark factories are. He probably knows about the wars. He's so evil. It, again, it's like how you can sense. Well, you got to remember, he's watching everything on a view screen in the future past Zeist. So, you know, he's got it all planned out. 
I, I just think it's suspended in animation. That this time doesn't pass there. They're like overlords to every other planet. And he he sets the stage beautifully. He murders somebody by hanging them like a, a janitor. That's right. That's right. Drops them down like this huge elevator shaft. I it looked like Connor goes up about four floors here because we slowly watch him go up stairs to. Again, it looked kind of like uh, the final fight in Batman and Robin. Well, that was on in the Statue of Liberty, wasn't it? No, that was Judge Dredd. Oh my God, I'm getting so confused. <laughs> and and that really is Christopher Lambert on an actual stage elevator as well. That's not CGI'd, it's not back screened, it's not green screened. That's him, which makes it really funny when I remind you that he's as blind as a bat. So they were probably like, <laughs> just walk forward, Christopher. Right, stay there. It's, and there it's, he goes. So that was all him. It's crazy because this mm. is uh, obviously where we get our first big sword fight with him, uh, Lambert and Ironside. We've been talking about how they're blind. Uh, Lambert almost, or Lambert got a tooth chipped, I think it was. Ironside got tooth chipped. Ironside got the tooth chipped, and then uh, Lambert almost lost his thumb. Yeah. So, yeah, you have that going on. Then you have these two obviously doing their own stunts. So he does the elevator stunt. It's just, it's fucking crazy. I, I can't believe they were willing to do this for a movie that they were like, eh. <laughs> and we get a nice Highlander gag where he's all crunched up, and then he starts uncrunching as he heals again. Oh, of course. And it's then cool. Katana's like, I'll see you later. What? I thought I was just, I missed something here. Does Katana really just show up and go, hey there, next time I'll beat you? Yeah, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. So we still got a half hour to go in the movie. So, Connor <laughs> yep. so, returns home. This is where he finds Louise rifling through his CDs. Okay. She's all up in his business. <laughs> and he's just like, What? I, got, I have a system. What the fuck are you doing? She's like, Never mind that. Who's this? Total deflection. Clear, perfect Griff move deflection. Yeah. Who sets a picture up? Oh, that's my first wife, Heather. Hmm. She uh, got raped and killed by a Highlander. Uh, Who's this? What's my last wife, Heather? I don't remember her name's Heather. She got raped and killed by UV lights. <laughs> does it ever, does it ever like, you know, do you ever get over that? He's like, yeah, no, no, you don't. It's it's painful every time you lose someone you love. It's, so, it's hell being an immortal. So Connor's kind of letting himself get lost in his emotion, and he's walking into the dark corner of his big old loft. It's got to be like 4,000 feet long. It's a yeah. complete, well, he's a millionaire. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. got a full warehouse. He's probably got the VHS you know, theatrical cut of this movie because that's an antique. He could probably sell that for a lot. So he's wandering off to this dark corner, and that's when, uh, yeah, a swordsman comes out of the darkness, and he's got shadows cast all over him. John DeHart lighting, like you said, it's perfect. <laughs> And you're like, holy fuck, who could this be? Of course. Ramirez has finally showed up. You've learned something. Oh, humor meets emotion. And you know when those two combine, hurricane of greatness. And it's given away every time Ramirez is on screen. For some reason, the soundtrack feels the need to play. The Scottish. It's like, really? Everybody's supposed to be Scottish in this film. What the heck is going on? Why are you? Every time shows up is bagpipe music. Uh, it sounds like the music they play in Spinal Tap when the dwarves come out for Stonehenge. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought Roddy Piper was about to come out for his spot. And he does. He does. Yeah. He, I one thing I agree with Ramirez. There's this awful fucking sculpture. It's like a 
I don't know what it is. It's like a, a column with glass bottles in it and wings on it. It's really trashy. It was really garbage. <laughs> it was really bad. And he calls him out on it. He like, does. What the fuck is this shit? And uh, it's they're just a sculpture. <laughs> oh my god, they're having a good old laugh. I thought he was about to break it, but then Luis peeks her head out. Perfect lighting on her. No more shadows. Just spotlight right on her. She's beautiful. So why not? She's like, did somebody say Ramirez? She got a hot flash. Oh yeah, she did. And uh, you, of course, that stops Ramirez, and he's like, "Oh, hello, hello there. <laughs> is this she for me?" <laughs> <laughs> So we got to know what's going on with that evil fucker, Blake. Yeah, we knew something was brewing with him. You knew as soon as Connor left, he was going to do something with Alan. So what what did he get up to? He's telling Alan, apparently there's not enough energy on Earth to take the shield down. I did, It confused me. I, didn't... I, I thought you could just stop the dam, you know, slow that down <laughs> gradually if it's really that problem. He's making excuses. I, I, he doesn't want to shut of course, it down. Of course. And he's like, Alan, you're a traitor. We're sending you to prison because we can do that now. Well, yeah. No charges. You're going to a secret prison that the Shield Industry Foundation ever has. Well, when Bill Barr's the Attorney General, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> okay. We got, you're here. I'm not going to answer a subpoena. You're just going straight to jail. Yeah, you just go to jail. Monopoly. You're going straight to jail. So Blake immediately holds a board meeting and right. a completely separate building because this looked like an abandoned factory too. Got it's got elevator shafts. Got the mood lighting. On. There's fucking billowing fabric everywhere. It's like, how do you walk in that building and not think like, are we evil? Are we the baddies here? Because it's like dark and gross, and <laughs> because they just revel in their evilness. They do. Yeah, I mean, they're they're run. They are literally providing a service for the whole world. Like this is what would happen if Comcast was everywhere. This is big oil. This is big oil. They're like, fuck it. We're gonna we're gonna use this till every fucking drop of energy is used up. Exactly. And speaking of evil knows evil, our man Katana shows up. Somehow quickening recognizes evil. (laughs) And he's like, hey, I want to join this little meet. Excuse me. This is a private meeting. Oh, yeah? Well, I want to join up. Well, that's highly irregular. Goon, take care of him. And then fucking uh, Katana just chumps out this fucking goon. Oh, yeah. Snaps his neck, rips his jaw. He allows him, he, he allows the goon to shoot him a hundred times. Yes, bro. Yeah. So he takes all the bullets, and this is going to open up to a gig that happens, a co- or a gig, gag that happens a couple times in the movie where he gets up and goes, oh, 22 shots, huh? They count the bullets. There's something about Highlanders. They, they're, they like, autistic or something. So when they get <laughs> shot, they have to count how many bullets enter their body. It it's, like a, a, it's like a sequel to Rain Man, isn't it? I got twenty. I got. I got twenty-two bullets. I got twenty-two. Twenty-two. Bullets, twenty-two. Bullets. <laughs> and then you know, that's funny. We you bring that up. I was wondering there was if this was in the Masochist cut. He was like, I need to watch Wapner. And then they just cut the scene. And I'm like, but and in the, in the Renegade cut, like, I want the Highlander. Oh yeah, yeah. Who's on first? So he's like, I can accommodate you. <laughs> So Connor, he's looking up these coordinates for this this where they there's this one gap in the shield, the weakness, the weak the with the you know like the Death Star, that weak spot. Oh yeah, of course. And our man Alan earlier had given him the latitude coordinates, but not the longitude. Oh, is that what happened? Okay. And they're like, "Fuck, we got to find Alan so we can find out where the longitude is." And Louise is like, "Hey, I know." He's in the maximum security prison. I don't know how I know that. I just know that. Hey, she just knows things. She's she's one of those internet people. You know, she she knows how to Google. She does her own research. 
Uh, so Ramirez, he's just like, let's get this bitch out of here. Let's roll. And then they start playing fucking Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak. It was pretty fucking. I like that. I, uh, and uh, so they, their plan is we're just going to drive up and fucking see what happens. I like this plan. It's very much a RoboCop. I'm sorry to keep bringing up RoboCop. There's so many fucking shades of RoboCop in here. But their plan is literally just drive through a gate as if they were RoboCop. Well, if you're immortal, why not? And they don't get out of the car. You pointed I, out there's a big competition among Highlanders for bullets. Yeah. So they're just getting fucking riddled with bullets. They're getting shot off the hell. Squib mania. <laughs> yeah. And so they finally are uh, blasted fucking Sammy Hagar's. I can't drive 55. They're just having a good old time. So they've broken into this compound and obviously they've like crashed into another car. They're dead. They're very dead. There's bullet holes all over the car. Except apparently, in the rear. I was going to say, apparently these guys <laughs> yeah. like in 2024 is when security finally learns how to fucking shoot a gun <laughs> right. because these guys hit them with every single bullet. They did not waste one. So, uh, yeah, we noticed that they are riddled with bullets. The car, like, after you get to the back seat and the very back of the car, not a single bullet hole. Not one. It's perfect. And it's very uh, convenient. Yes. They open it up, or our lady Louise is in there. And she's like, they kidnap me. I don't know what these guys are crazy. And they're like, don't worry, ma'am. We're going to take you in here. We'll take care of everything. So they're in this, uh, like, medical facility run by Foghorn Leghorn. Apparently. <laughs> like, I say, I say. This guy's really chewing the scenery, and he's just like, those guys are dead, I say. They're deader than a donut. He, he heard that Ironside and everyone else was going to give it his all, <laughs> so he's like, I'll give you my all, too. Gosh darn it. And while that's going on, our man, they revive. They're of like, course. I got hit by 122. Yep. <laughs> he's like, you're going to count that one that hit your balls? He's like, God damn, I have my fucking balls. <laughs> my fucking <laughs> So uh, they're comparing scars and shit, and then the guy, Foghorn Leghorn, faints like a lady. He's like, oh, dear. <laughs> and they're like, all right, guys, we're in. And then, of course, Louise's like, I know exactly where Alan is. Let's, let's, yeah. Let's- well, th- no, there's two spots he could be. So let's split up. I'm going with my my piece right here. And, uh, yes, Ramirez, you go by yourself. <laughs> so, And that they do. Well, that's going on. Blake's watching this. Yeah. And cameras everywhere. It's future. Yeah, it's, well, it's the prison. You think there would be cameras? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I like this though because they're like, I thought they were in a sewer for a minute they here. Were a sewer. They were. <laughs> a sewer that had billowing cobwebs and fabric everywhere. Uh, what the <laughs> fuck? Simon uh, Lebon pops up. Wild boys. And you're like, what? Simon Lebon's tied to that fucking. Uh, Remember the what's the video? Is yeah, it Wild, Wild Boys. Boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. windmill. Yeah, he's on the windmill going through the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's crazy. And there's like people, like tunnel people, the Morlocks, the scurrying in the sewers. I I didn't get this at all. I was so because I, Alan's not even in a cell. He's, he's just in a not, fucking. They just tossed him in the sewer. <laughs> I thought they were like going underground. They were gonna like pop up above, like in front of his cell or something. <laughs> yeah. No, nope, he's in the sewers. And he's barely alive, and they're like, "We need to know the longitude." And he rattles it off, and then dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want to drag him along, so get no. get rid of him. It's just he says that Ramirez pops in. I haven't seen anything. Where the fuck? They just randomly appear with Ramirez right outside of this trap room. <laughs> well, they go through a room full of insects. Yeah, and then they're like, "Hey, there's that room there." And they go in, and it's the fucking Indiana Jones room where uh, they get locked in. 
locked in, yet there's a fucking, like, a, they give you, a, it's like a video game. They give you a fighting chance because there's yeah. a keypad. If you figure it out, you can stop this. Yeah, it's Punky Town. <laughs> well, apparently the, in this future, what is the, the future point, what is the point of that room though it's like what do they use that <laughs> oh, room for if it's yeah, killing it's, people I'm pretty sure there's an easier way and there's no blood and guts and skulls and stuff on the bottom so what is what does that room do it's cruel unusual punishment it's a, we don't we, have, we don't have any like prison reform no, in 2024 I, I think it's a wine thing I think they're filling it up with grapes <laughs> and then you know I think that's they're, what, they're, oh, they're at the bottom of some really, really big kitchen sink, and it's a gar- garbage disposal. the Highlanders. Yeah, that would be fucking cool. I it. did see that little Star Wars monster in the background yeah. pop mm-hmm. up and take <laughs> out. He was. And so, yeah. So then, this like ceiling fan just starts coming down. <laughs> at this point, this is day nine of, uh, of his contractually obligated appearance by Sean Connery. Yeah. See, he does the Poochie defense, where he's just like, <laughs> I got to go back to my home planet. You know, so remember the quickening, and then he just quickens yeah, he, the thing. He starts, like, telling uh, 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 Connor, like, oh, sometimes when you really channel the quickening, not only can you give a lady an orgasm, but you can stop a propeller. And so he's, like, channeling his hand on the propeller, on the nose of the propeller, He's like, just imagine it's the clitoris, and he s- <laughs> sends it back up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't and then he just he goes back to his own planet. He just disappears. <laughs> he turns into a bright white light, and it's gone. Yeah, I I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> it's like when you turn off your old tube TV. Whoop, gone. <laughs> but hey, it worked because of the doors open up and they escape. Oh. There's no guards here. We know Blake is watching this shit. He's like, don't send guards. Yeah. Let them escape. We want to toy with them. Maybe Katana wanted to toy with them. What I really want to know, though, does he go? Is he back on Zeiss now? Because he died and. Yes, he went back to his own planet. Yeah. With Pucci and everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) See, (laughs) see, I I say no, because when when somebody dies on Earth, you're dead. As in, like, yeah, that's right. you, you're dead. So that's why it's a little bit confusing that he but died he in the die, first one. But did he die, Stuart? Uh, he died in the first one. How did he come back? <laughs> did you notice that, like, even Connor's like, I don't give a shit. He's like, <laughs> he's, you think he'd be like, I fucking saw you die. What the? He's I know. Just he like, was just hey, like, hey, right. bro, what's up? But it's not Maybe. even like they've sort of retconned it because there's a scene where he's walking past the TV screens or walking past somewhere and he puts his hand on his neck as if to go, oh, yeah, my head's still on. That's quite handy. So they've acknowledged the fact that he got his head chopped off in highlight. Yeah. But for some reason, oh, if you call my name, I come back again. But why doesn't, <laughs> why, why doesn't Katana shout, Kurgan, Kurgan, and then Clancy Brown contractually pops up again? Because <laughs> he wasn't contractually obligated. That's exactly yeah. why. He- he uh he probably was supposed to be there, but he could his flight got uh delayed or something. And he couldn't make it. Oh, okay. Who knows? So yep. Louise and Connor they escape. Yep. They jump they, in a truck. They take off a nice big truck here, and they're running down. And fucking Katana just immediately he's he's behind every corner. That's his quickening ability is to be behind every single corner that he wants to be. He's like a horror movie killer, just always there. Just and he like, does an Obi Wan move. He just lets him run him over. I loved it. And, and, and then we get an Indiana Jones move where he's actually underneath the car. Yeah. And Louise, by the way, 
she is into this. She's seen so much murder already happen. She's seen beheading. She is into this violence. So she sees Katana get hit, and she is just like, outstanding. <laughs> that was the worst line read I've ever seen. I was like, outstanding. Standing, <laughs> like you th- you're waiting for it to put up like a product, like a product, like you know, dentine gum or some shit. Yeah, and so Connor's like, "Can you drive? I have, to, I have to handle this shit." Yep. So they have a long and boring fight on top of this truck. A lot of long, boring fights in this movie. Yes, a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of slow, meandering. Fights. You didn't really feel the build up to any of the fights, so you weren't emotionally invested. Well, maybe Stewart was emotionally invested in these fights. I was. I was edge of my seat. Okay. Yeah. At least somebody was. You, I mean, we don't <laughs> we don't know enough about the rules to be worried that Connor will never come back for the sequels because Ramirez has come back. Right. He's acknowledged his beheading. So it's like, what's the worst that happens if Connor dies here? We'll probably Ramirez will wish him back somewhere else. This is Dragon Ball, <laughs> yes. man. This is Dragon Ball Z. Ramirez I... will just scream Connor, and then we he'll be he'll, loop. He'll be in bed with that woman he met on the plane, and when he's climaxing, he'll shout out. Uh, Connor and and Connor Hopefully. McGregor will show up. He's, yeah. he's climaxing <laughs> as he's shitting on her face. That's anyway. how Connor McGregor was born. The yeah, son you'll, of end, you'll end up with a whole bunch of Connors. Like John Connor will be there. All the different actors that have played him. <laughs> Connor, Connor McGregor will be there. <laughs> you know, all of them. I like it. Sh- Sinead O'Connor, she'll be there singing, <laughs> singing with her bald head, ripping up pictures of the Pope. <laughs> Love this. So. Uh, they uh, thankfully the the coordinates are just like five miles down the road. Yeah, need. and this is where I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> because you see, like earlier, it's covering the Earth like the it's like replacement for the ozone, so it's like thousands of feet, hundreds yeah, yeah. of thousands of feet above. It's in our orbit. You got to no, pass no, the no, atmosphere no. and everything. No, it's not that. It's like literally like hundred feet up. Yeah. They've, you hit your head if you're on top of a building. They built a ladder to get to it. <laughs> yes. Stairway to heaven. And I, I don't know. Is this supposed to be like we see them go yeah. into a weird like tunnel? That, what What's happening? Why are there like meteors and shit flying? Down? I, first, I, I thought, didn't even notice meteors. Yeah. Well, it was like electricity kind of thing. Oh, okay, okay. I thought at first like Katana was bringing more henchmen. That was what was happening because that's what happens in this movie. Like They like, come down like lightning. Yes. Right. No. Or maybe in the masochist cut, it is. I don't know. More porcupine, man. Maybe. But that's happening. So I'm like, what's going on? I, I thought the shield was like breaking down already. I don't know. It's, but they, like you said, they climbed the stairway to heaven. Yeah. There's just happens. To, I, maybe it was like some kind of service station for Where are these mountains? No, are we in New York? Where are we at? Where's this mountain range? I wish I fucking knew. You know what? It, oh God, I I, I was gonna pull our. It's like it's in the it's in, it's in the same New York that Jackie Chan's Rumble in the Bronx takes place. Yes. with the fucking mountain range in the background. It's uh, the Red Vulture goalie or whatever it was from fucking uh, Knight Rider. I I know that the mountain range. You know when they're having the fight along the top of the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get in there. That is a mix of uh, Argentina and Malibu for some weird reason. So we're we're in between those two because obviously those two places are right next to each other. Oh, right. So we're, we're we're Malibu and Tina. Well, I didn't even notice. And so I noticed I on the it. IMDb if you go uh, the coordinates that were given, it's like the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> like you actually typed in the coordinates. And so you're right. They they climb the stairway to heaven, and they see like they're above the shield now. Yeah, they're in the mountains. Yeah, and it's only like a hundred feet up. It's a hundred feet up. That's all you need. <laughs> Who needs to go? Uh, apparently, planes all fly at like a hundred feet. Like, yeah, you know. 
But uh, again, this was like, it had to be some kind of service station or something because Jake is watching them ascend through the shield. So he's got cameras here for reasons. And so he's like, fuck, we can't let them come back. People will actually listen to Connor for reasons. Right. You know, it seems like half the world hates him, but, you know, they're willing to listen to him if he comes back and says, yeah, we can go ahead and take well, the shield. Well, because he's out. young and sexy now. Nobody wants to an old guy. You're right. You're right. And also, you know, the scientist, Virginia Madsen, she's been busy running around telling everybody how amazing he was in the alleyway. So people are like uh, fixated on every single word. Okay. That makes sense. The Blake, he's pissed in his pants. He's like, oh my God, we're going to lose all this money. Oh, yeah. it's on, actually, it's, it's there. And, uh, and he, he just, he's got Katana there with him, and he's he's so stressed out by all this. He starts mouthing off to Katana. He's like the dude that was giving Bane shit. Yeah. Why am I paying you for? You just saw this man rip somebody's skull in half by his jaw. So, But these guys, they're entitled, dude. They think they're so used to pushing people around. That's what it is. That's and totally then fucking, what it is. fucking Katana goes, and that gives you power over me. Ooh. Wait, what? <laughs> what power over it's Bane. Oh, it's Bane, yeah. And uh, he just fucking lungrins the guy's balls. He just grabs him by the balls and shoves him out a window. Oh, I like this, yeah. I like that he actually squeezed his testicles out and dropped them afterwards. You'll be needing these in the afterlife. That was my attempt at Bane. Well, he'd been practicing that move on those little worm things back in the cave in the past. That's true. Heist, that, that, so that's his move. Yeah, that's that, true. We need. That's why we needed that cut of the the, the little eel thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. It, see, we're helping everybody make more sense of this. I already love this movie a little bit more the second time through, knowing all the backstory. Now we're given more backstory, more reason to go back and right. actually. Well, when they come, like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start a campaign, release the masochist cut. And we're gonna get that extra hour. <laughs> Look for Merman Productions release of the. We are. We, we and hey, we're movie moguls. We're not. We're not Jewish yet. We hate Trump. We're movie moguls. Soon we'll be Jewish and we'll have the triumvirate. Trump people on Twitter will hate us. Yeah. All right. So, Louise, Connor. They return to the TCP headquarters. And Louise already knows how to break into this place. So, yeah. yeah. Well, she knows where the key is. It's underneath the rock. (laughs) She knows the code is Funky Town. All right. And so they just... Well, he he owns the place. I, I does I don't know. Yeah, and his finger scan works. Right, so he can just get in. And, so he just saunters on up like he owns the place. I does. like this. They don't even bother to show him. Like they show him arrive, and then they just show him in. I forget where it was. They just like cut to them in the shield room, don't they? On the top of the building, yeah, where there's just like uh, laser shooting up to the sky. I can't wait to see the mask kiss cut. Chris, I act like we, we need to see this. But at this point, I'm like. Thank God they just cut to it. I'm yeah. at an hour and 45. I'm like, please end. Please end. <laughs> Where I was at, too. So, of course, you know, this is going to be the final, the final count, the final battle. Yep. And Katana shows up, and they have a very slow-paced battle that two blind men would have. <laughs> I think at this point they've switched over to uh, plastic swords. I, <laughs> and he has, he has Ramirez's sword now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know when that happened. And they, well, Ramirez doesn't it? He he stuck his finger in a fan, didn't he? And disappeared. But, but so the, the so <laughs> the swords don't go back to Zeiss. Is that what you're no. saying? Unless oh. he had it strapped to his waist, but he probably dropped okay. it. Oh, okay. You so might need this. It's like Star Trek for... teleportation uh, rules, where it's like yes. whatever you're holding goes. Okay. Yeah. 
So uh, he just fucking chops off Michael Ironside's head. I mean, there's nothing exciting about this fight at all. Yeah, they're fighting next to the beam. There's a moment where Connor's on the ground. Katana's over his head. Connor just grabs his hand and shoves it into the beam, which we would have guessed is super hot and you can't touch it. So he, he like burns off or just singes his hand and his glove. And now it's sleeveless gloves. And it's pretty cool looking kind of badass. but that's all he needs to mount his comeback. And he pushes uh, Katana over and then beheads him. And of course, Louise pops her little head in and she's just like, fuck yes. She's really into violence. Dude. Yeah. You've seen your first kill. You just can't stop. Yeah. Potato chips. And, uh, so, we just get a little fucking. I guess a ready to fuck on top of this. Well, he jumps into the. Well, yeah, thing. you hear Ramirez he, as the quickening is happening. You hear another Remember Ramirez voiceover. What's what's that? Remember the quickening Highlander. That's all I remember from the oh. theatrical cut. He tells yeah. him it'll take the power of both of you to destroy the shield. So as he's getting, uh, uh, how does he know that? Ramirez. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? He's in the afterlife now. He's all wise. Is he in or is he a force ghost now? Oh. Is he remembering or is he He's just in his head because earlier on, uh, when they're in the fan room, Ramirez does say to Christopher Lambert, it'll take the power of both of you. So that's kind of like a flashback thought. Okay. It's like an old thing. They're also Nacho Brothers from the beginning. Yes. So there might be be some residual. It's like when uh, they put Spock's mind into McCoy in in the movie. Okay. Like, and no. Simba. He Simba'd him, didn't he, with that cheese at the beginning. He's like, da-da, circle of life and all that sort of stuff. So. <laughs> right. I, okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. And then he does it, and he jizzes his quickening all over the fucking yeah, place. Louise is a little freaked out. She thinks she's losing a hot dick, but no, it's okay. He walks out after the shield has been removed and everything. See a nice, beautiful sky, and they're like, let's fuck on a veranda. It's going to be awesome. And so then he decides he's going to live out the rest of his life on earth or is he going or is that setting up the third one maybe i'll go back to zeiss <laughs> you'll have to tune in next year to that i don't know the, the theatrical one just ended on a big picture of uh christopher lambert with a cheesy grin and then it sort of froze framed and then ended but on this renegade cut it carries on doesn't it you got this little extra end scene thing to try and make some more sense of this wonderful epic I don't. I don't remember. I just remember yeah. the fucking ends, and I was like, "Yes, it's over." <laughs> yes, finally the credits, and I share my notes, and then I fucking go run around outside because wow, it was exciting. Wow. Two hours. Yeah, we 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 picked the very best of the worst for our finale on Terrible Twos month. Uh so many great faces that you want to see. I, I was very happy. You got Connor in there, or Connor Lambert in there. I didn't know he was blind, so that just made it more fun to watch. I didn't know he did all of his own stunts. That made it even more fun to watch. Just like crazy to think they were doing all this stuff for Highlander 2. Yeah. Which crazy. was a film. I mean, the whole Zeist stuff came after Highlander 1, where people are like, we want to know where they came from. Why doesn't it explain where they came from? Why are they immortals? Where did they come from? So they thought, right, let's. Let's put this thing in about time travel, and okay. and then people didn't like the answer. And the Zeist, <laughs> the Zeist, like the problems with this, and the reason I do like this film is because they had really good intentions of making a really good film. They go all mm-hmm. the way down to Argentina to make the film with a budget of fourteen million dollars, which is more than enough 
because of the cost, because yeah. everything's cheaper in Argentina. The, right, infl- right. the inflation rate changes while they're there, and this $14 million <laughs> that they're willing to spend, that's now going to cost $34 million. So they're like, whoa, the prices have all changed for everything we've all agreed to. Why is it costing us a lot more? The insurance company comes in going, well, you said 14. You're not even 34. We're going to take over control of this movie. Throw all these pages out. No, let's not do all this stuff. Just make them from a planet called Zeist. So they're like, okay, I guess you're paying for this lot of shit, so we have to do it. So this is where all the chaos comes in from. And then years later, Russell Mulcahy and all his mob way before Twitter, kick up a fuss and they're like, all right, and you can maybe do your director's cut and try and make some sense out of this mess. So they, <laughs> they, they never really intended on doing a They're Aliens a crazy film. This was the insurance company. And as we all know, insurance companies are amazing filmmakers and they know the film yes. industry in and out perfectly. They, just they know made, how to please an audience. Of course they do. They know exactly how to do stuff like that and they just totally ruined it. So, I mean... Was there? A, were you just excited for Highlander two? Was there something you were expecting out of it? And uh, you know, when you when you got to see it the first time, when you're waiting in that VHS store and eventually got a job, uh, was there something you're like, I need this explained to me. I need Ramirez back. Was there? Was well, the there real question is, how crushed were you when you finally got the tape that you've been wanting so badly? <laughs> Do you know what? I was happy because Michael Ironside is a villain. He's way over the top. He's cheesy as anything. He's chewing up scenery left, right, and center. But that's exactly what I want from a Michael Ironside okay. role. So I was kind of happy. The whole Zeiss thing, every, I remember at the time, everybody watched it go, what, they're aliens? I just look at it and go, yeah, I don't like that segment. So I'll, yeah, just, okay. I'll, just, I'll just forget about it, and I'll enjoy everything else. I didn't quite understand how Ramirez could come back just by somebody sitting his name. And yep. uh, I didn't understand how they didn't remember him, but then he did remember him and things. Like, but watching a film, I, I could see flaws, but I just kind of ignore flaws and go, Do you know what? That bit's crap. I'll keep the good bits and have the fun yeah. memories like Michael Ironside. Uh, I love the look of the film. I think it looks pretty cool. A lot of those locations were actual locations. They weren't set built. So. What? The, there's a place with catwalks everywhere out there. There's a the, the, the place with catwalks. You know the one where you go into the building and it's all like crisscrosses with just skinny pieces of metal and it looks like bit lots of crucifixes and stuff everywhere. Yeah. That's a waterworks in Argentina, so that's an actual building. So that's kind of oh, cool. Okay. So there are all the catwalks. That um, makes sense. The the hoverboard scenes and the the hissy wing things. There's no CGI or anything on that. They're all on tram lines, and you've got yeah. people running up and down each side of the street sort of <laughs> pulling them up and then making them change tracks because at one point apparently there's they kind of messed it up a bit so Christopher Lambert's flying down this road and they sort of get the strings and they pull the wrong one so he starts flipping around like a wheel and they're like no oh! oh god we've done it wrong so I would love to see the footage of that so the production is amazing and the, the output it does have flaws but I do still yeah. like it and I've seen Highlander 3 so Highlander 2 is so much better than that one yeah, I, I appreciate a lot of the effort, especially from the actor's perspective, not using cheap, whatever horrible CGI could have existed in 91. There, there's a lot to appreciate about this. Just maybe not the story so much. I appreciate it when it ended. <laughs> I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> not even Ironside could get you over. I love Michael Ironside, but I thought it was a waste of Michael Ironside. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. Yeah, there's so much better. It's like, you've never seen a Michael Ironside film? Oh, watch Highlander 2. That would not be <laughs> It, it would be watch V or watch Total Recall or Scanners would be my uh, my Michael Ironside 
things. He's the yeah. one person I really do want to sit down and have a chat with at some point. I just think he's such a cool guy in real life. So there you go. I watch anything that he's in twice. Well, I uh, I want to thank you, Stuart, for explaining this to us. It makes a little more sense, I think. Yeah, we got a good episode out of it, at least. That's all I care about. <laughs> this episode is probably better than the film, I think, in a lot of people's opinions. Probably. Well, we helped explain some things. It's as if we well, were on the set. When I'm talking to Brian Grazier next next week, mm-hmm. I'm gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get the the official sequel set up. <laughs> the official official. You're, sequel? you're writing the script, uh, Stuart. We're gonna co-direct. Yep. We're gonna Wachowski brother it, mm-hmm. and we're gonna make everybody fall in love. Not with... Cohen brothers, the Wachowskis. <laughs> no, 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 well, no. I'm thinking Matrix, kind of. That, that I'm, I think I'm visually thinking that. Okay, know, I, I I agree. I like the Cohen brothers better too. But well, they're sisters now, don't they? What didn't they both yeah, have sex I, changes? I, I think they yeah, both. That's weird. It, it is. It is strange because you don't know how to refer. Do you know? It's like so you refer to Lana Wachowski and whatever the other Wachowski is now. But when you refer into them making the Matrix before they changed genders, how do you refer to them? Is it like the Wachowski brothers made the Matrix? It wasn't the, I don't know, is it the Wachowski sisters that made the Matrix before they became sisters? It's very confusing. So that's why I don't write any reviews for the Wachowski films because I thought <laughs> I would get something wrong and then Twitter would just destroy me more than they're trying to destroy Netflix for showing cuties. Oh, it's yeah, that's Wachowski a big thing. people. Play it safe. Yeah. Or you like could it. just save the Wachowskis. I'm going with that one. I'm going to go. I'm yeah. going to spend the next week writing reviews for uh, Space Racer or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, I don't know if you heard, but Halloween's canceled this year. COVID <gasps> is. No. Yeah. But, hey, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of girls on Twitter that are crying right now because of that. So I, I, I don't appreciate oh. your condescending attitude, Stuart. Oh. But. Schlocktober never fucking ends, no matter what's happening. It's true. But I noticed on the calendar, Griff, we always release our episodes on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. September 30th is a Wednesday, so technically it's not Schlocktober. So we're going to meet somewhere in the middle. We're going to meet me halfway? We're going to meet you halfway. Because we're going to do a horror movie that has a terrible two sequel. Murray, that's genius. It's like we planned this out. Like we did. <laughs> We're going to be doing Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's oh. Revenge. Some people consider it an allegory or <laughs> repressed homosexuality. Some people just think it's a shitty fucking sequel. <laughs> You'll get the answer from us next week. So until then, thank, first of all, thank you for being on. Yes, Stuart. thank you, You're always welcome. You're welcome. I'm going to bail you out because you said your, your September the 30th is not Schlocktober. However, if you release it quite late in the evening on the 30th of September in the US where you are, it will be October for the UK and anybody to the right of me on the map. So it will be a Schlocktober. So you can get away with it. Play those we, time zones. I love we it. Release I at love eight o'clock. A little lawyery type yeah, stuff. Yeah, we release at eight o'clock. So technically, for yeah, you guys, half the world, it's it's uh yeah, it's or October. Either way, we're we're, we're covering all our bets, Griff. We were we're the last honest podcast left on the world. Yes, well, yeah. on mine. Thank you very much. And yours. My podcasts are very honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You just said Highlighter 2 was pretty good. I don't know. I get eh. ah, anyway. But I said it was pretty good on your show. I'm not on my show. <laughs> and you can't lie I, on I'm, your show. I, am, I can't lie on your show. No, no. Not at all. 
So we'll do that next week. And as always, people, keep it warm.